You're listening to the Just Sayin' Podcast, offering conversations with experts that will educate, inform, and entertain. Here's your host of the Just Sayin' Podcast, Charlie Cornaccio. How many of you have been on a cruise? Would you like to go on a cruise? Well, we're not giving away cruise tickets today, but we can give you the inside scoop on some of the behind the scenes things that you don't see or things to look for on your next cruise. Because today we talk with a cruise ship performer, Lauren Moore. Lauren was a performer on the Norwegian cruise lines before COVID shut down the industry. And she has seen some interesting things and tidbits that she's going to share with us about the cruise ship industry. Lauren, hi, how are you? Great to see you. Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, you know, we talked on the phone a little bit before we actually got together mm-hmm. and uh, some interesting things that we, really from your perspective uh, is really you know, pretty interesting. I thought interesting. I thought our, our listeners and our viewers would find it interesting as well mm-hmm. because of the fact that, um, you know, you, you have a vantage point that a lot of us don't have, you know, so uh, let's first uh, set the stage with your, your background. You're a graduate of Penn state yep, with a degree in musical theater. Mm-hmm. You teach voice and uh, audition training mm-hmm. in uh, New York city. That's where you are. Yes, I'm and in Washington Heights. In Washington Heights? Oh, I love I Washington am. Heights. Yeah. I love Washington Heights. So many, <laughs> so many, you know, famous people have come from Washington Heights, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton, literally lives like two blocks away from me. Yeah, that's awesome. We go to the same pizza place. Have you, have you ever run into him? Yeah, I've seen him at a restaurant or two. Did you ever start singing an audition? You know? Oh my gosh, no. Oh, maybe I should. I'm in the room where it happened. <laughs> I'm in the room where it happened. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, so you've, you've got a pretty extensive background. You've got great training and everything else. Mm-hmm. What led you to the cruise ship industry? The cruise gig kind of came out of nowhere. I was, um, I was working. I was doing a show. I was doing Mamma Mia in Florida. And during our tech rehearsal, which is when we like tech the show, we put the lights on, the costumes on. It's the week before the show opens when we have an audience. I got a phone call from a director who is actually a Penn State grad. And he was working on a production called Havana on Norwegian Cruise Lines. And he called me and he said, we had a girl drop out last minute. Would you be interested in sending in an audition tape? And he was also working with uh, a pretty well-known Broadway director. He was his um, assistant at the time, Warren Carlyle. So I was like, for sure, I should definitely be auditioning for him. And I ended up getting the part and I left the um, Mamma Mia show early. And literally within like 24 hours, I did a show at seven, finished at 10, and then packed my bags and um, overnight drove to Tampa I was in Fort Myers at the time, drove to Tampa, and then started rehearsals the next morning. I didn't know much about the cruise world. I got to their headquarters, their like rehearsal headquarters in Tampa. It's just like this massive warehouse where they have like this huge room full of costumes. There's multiple ships rehearsing there. So it was kind of a whirlwind and we were doing a brand new show. So it was pretty intense. So how long was your contract for? So my contract was about 
seven months and we rehearsed for a month in Tampa before we went to Bremen, which is where the ship was originally built and docked. Yeah. Now that's the interesting part because typically, you know, a cruise performer will Mm -hmm. just go on the ship and go, but your ship wasn't even built yet. No. Yeah. So, So it was brand, brand new. Brand new. Not only that, but the shows were new as well. So I was in two shows. I was in a show called Havana and I was in a show called Prohibition and both shows. It was the first time that they were ever done on a ship. And then we also had Jersey Boys on the ship and Jersey Boys. This is the first time that they were ever going to do the production on a cruise ship. Of course, Jersey Boys is done off Broadway, but they've never done it on a cruise ship. And the ship is literally still covered in plastic. Like everything is still being built. The chandelier like in the main lobby was like still being brought up. The cabins weren't done yet. So that was a really interesting. I mean, I got the full experience of what it's like to be on a brand new ship and kind of just like starting anew with the Norwegian Bliss, which it was the, the Bliss ship. A lot of people don't realize, maybe, that you go to see a show on a cruise ship. It's not like seeing a show off-Broadway, on-Broadway, in your regional theater, because mm. the ship is moving. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that means the, the, the props, the st- stage scenery is, is moving if it's not locked down. Was yours locked down? Yeah. Did, so did it, did it move during a performance? It did. It did. So... We had these like massive staircases in Havana, like really big staircases that these big muscly Brazilian men had to like push around these incredible like fit dancers. They're so strong, but they had to like move these set pieces. And I remember more than one occasion because we were on there for for months. We we hit some rough terrain and literally if those staircases weren't like really locked in, they would start shifting like across the stage. There were times where I had to stand on the stairs and I would literally feel it moving. And they told me to sit down. They're like, if that ever happens, cause like you'll fall off the stairs, just like sit down, like crouch down. It was, <laughs> it was so bizarre. I've never had to experience something like that. Also being on a stage and just standing in general, you'll catch yourself just kind of like falling over a little bit. (laughs) I could imagine. But when I think of a cruise ship, uh, they talk about the fact that it's so calm. You don't even know that you're on a ship, but that's not really the case, is it? It depends on where you are. We were everywhere. Like the, the seas (laughs) were different when we went from like the, the Caribbean in that area to when we were in Alaska. I mean, Alaska, the waters are very, very calm, but we were also going through the Panama Canal. And so in that area, when we were in Puerto Vallarta, we were in Mazatlan, we were in Guatemala. Those definitely had a little bit more storms. Things were a little bit choppier down there, but kind of just depends on where you were. In Miami, there it was, it was pretty choppy around like the, um, the summer season <laughs> so yeah, right. time of year has a big uh, influence on it as well for sure and we yeah. hit a little bit of everything so we were kind of trying to be mentally prepared for when we knew things were going to be a little choppier <laughs> what, what a lot of people don't realize there is a whole underground mm. uh, where, where you guys kind of go after the show right i mean that's kind of where you guys live and where you eat and where you sleep and all that yeah for 
guests, you know, the ship is very mapped out. You know exactly where things are. There are arrows pointing and anyone who's there can tell you where things are. When you go underneath, it gets very confusing. So there's a there's a path called I-95 where it's just underneath. It's the crew area. So it's just one long hallway underneath, which is where they store the luggage. And so you can use that to get from the front of the ship to the back of the ship. But then there are like different stairwells that are super confusing. And I got lost finding my room for a long time because everything kind of looks the same. It's all just kind of white. It's interesting. And there is a crew, they call it crew mess, which is where you eat. And as someone who has dietary restrictions, I have celiac disease so i'm gluten-free it was a little tricky because the food that was down there is very different there's a lot of filipinos on the ships people from the philippines and uh they would make food that is from their country obviously it's just a whole other world down there what about the living conditions i mean did you have multiple roommates or was it just you in a room it depended on your role in the show that you were doing. So for me, I had a petty officer cabin, which is a twin bed and a small bathroom. There's no window. So it was on the inside of the ship. And then an officer cabin is full bed. And then they have like a couch and a big like window. Mm -hmm. There were people who shared a bathroom and they had, I mean, it was a closet size room. It was big enough to fit a tiny twin size bed and then they shared a little bathroom and they called it a toilet the toilet and the shower overlapped (laughs) so you literally would like have to kind of stand up against the toilet to take a shower oh man yeah so they called it a toilet well you know they they've got to get make every inch of space usable i guess right exactly and yeah. you know it's it's all for making more space for the guests mm-hmm. i mean like the cruise industry when they tell you that the guest come comes first they're not exaggerating like the guest always comes first and they will do whatever they need to do right. on the ship to make the guest more comfortable mm-hmm. and to give them like a great experience on their 7 day 14 day trip well, let- Let's talk about uh, uh, being a guest on a cruise ship. And there are people who have, who are pros at this now. They've done so many cruises. They know the little ins and outs and things you got to do. Yeah. What, what are a few tips that people could learn from you uh, being an insider of things they should know if they're just going on a cruise for the first time or the second time to make it a better experience for them? I think, I mean, doing as much research before you get on the ship, knowing the ports that you're going to, knowing kind of like what restaurants are on there, what excursions are on there. Like when my parents came on, I knew exactly like what restaurants were great and like the right times that you should go. So we literally like the minute that they walked on, we went to the little kiosk, which was on They They now have like on the wall, there's these touch screens where you can make reservations for everything on the ship. And I was like, you got to do that right away. Because once you are settled into the cruise, you forget about it. And you think like, oh, I'll just like make a reservation the night before on a cruise. There's so many people who want to do that, that you just if you want to get your spot, like right away making those reservations and just also 
like, what do you want on your experience? Like, do you want to go to restaurants? Do you want to just spend the whole time in your room, like ordering room service? That's cool too. I think it's just kind of like preparing yourself for once you step on setting your week and Mm. then you won't have to worry about it anymore. So the best thing to do is once you get on is to just get everything planned out, make your reservations for your restaurants early and for Mm -hmm. any of the activities early so that you don't get locked out and just get that out of the way. And then you can enjoy the rest of your cruise. For sure. And then from there on out, you're just relaxing. Everything is all set for you and you can just enjoy your, your free time in the hot tub on, on the top of the, Sure. My mom did not leave her hot tub. She loved her hot tub. Oh, is that right? Yeah. She found this like corner hot tub. It was all the way in the back of the ship, Uh right, right near the like the horn when they leave this like big horn. So that's why no one was in there because she was like, oh, whatever. It's going to scare me for a second, but I'm just going to chill. Right. There are some contracts for performers where you just do your thing and then you've got all this time Mm -hmm. to kind of hone your skill, uh, network with other people, you know, learn, learn a language, learn an instrument, you know, there's a lot of different things you could do. And there are other contracts where you have to do other things besides perform. Yeah. Which kind of contract did you have? Luckily we did not have that one. We had all of the free time that we needed in between shows. So it was different per show. Seeing that I was in two different shows, my I didn't really have that much free time. I did shows five to six times a week. So we had about one day off. But I had friends who, who were on other ships and they had other crew duties like one of my friends worked in the library. I don't think, I don't even know if we had a library, but she had a, she had to work at the library. I think part of being on a cruise in your capacity is networking as well with the other performers, with people on, on the cruise, if, if you're allowed to kind of co-mingle with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you allowed to co-mingle with the... Yeah, so especially in the beginning, because we were the first, we were the inaugural cruise. So we were the first cast, especially when we were in New York, a bunch of like big producers, big directors, Frankie Valley came on to see Jersey Boys. Like we cross paths with people. I mean, we weren't really allowed in the guest areas, but when people came backstage after the shows, it was really great to like get to know them a little bit. So that was like a great experience that not a lot of people get. Mm. Usually it's you jump on, you do your show, but you don't really get to meet the creatives or meet people who are interested in like seeing the show for the first time. For guests, it was a really great networking experience. There are some guests that I still keep in touch with who who have seen the show. They're not really like in the industry, but they are in support of the arts. And for for me, I mean, that's just as important as someone who is in the arts. Mm -hmm. I mean- People who just support us and see the shows. I mean, it can't work without that. So six months, seven months, nine months, however long it is, Mm. that's a long time. Was it tough Mm -hmm. to adjust once you got off? It was a tough adjustment going on. It was something that I really haven't been used to. You know, I 
I performed on land <laughs> for a long time. My family could come see the shows whenever they wanted. Right. You know, I could I could take breaks and see my friends and family whenever I wanted. And you don't really have that luxury when you're on the ship. So that was definitely something to get used to. Some people like thrive on ships. They yeah. they are like, I love the scheduling. I love being told exactly what to do, when to get there. I'm a small business owner. I make my own schedule. I am a performer. So like I am my business. So yeah. I like telling myself what to do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And well, I missed that a little bit. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it runs in my family. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about having dual roles, you know, different jobs. Mm. Uh, you were a performer, but you also became the the kind of the company's vocal coach. Is that right? Yes. So I was doing that show Prohibition. And once everything kind of went down with people losing their voices, they asked me to step in as vocal captain. So I was in charge of giving voice lessons to all of the girls when I was on the ship, because they the majority of them were dancers, like incredible dancers. And luckily, most of them were naturally gifted with singing, it just kind of worked out. Uh And so I would teach voice lessons once a week. And then when I got off the ship, most of the girls who I was working with, they wanted to continue voice lessons, which was really awesome. One of the performers, Morgan Bryant, she ended up booking Mean Girls, the national tour. And then another girl, uh, Marlon, she booked West Side Story on Broadway. And then I was like, yeah, let me do this business full time because it, it's working. It's working and it brings me joy in between auditioning. And it's great. So you have a website for your uh, your vocal coaching and audition mm-hmm. training and people can get in touch with you how? That's so right. you can get in touch with me through email at info at gettingmore.com. You can private message me on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, Getting More Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. And then my website is www.gettingmore.com. With covid And with the theater industry kind of being on pause right now, I'm using this time to promote vocal health in general. So whether that is public speaking, I'm teaching vocal health for teachers right now, how to teach in the classroom and project properly with a mask on. A lot of these muscles and techniques that singers use, it's the same muscle. So it can be taught to anyone who uses their voice. And then I'm also teaching vocal health for fitness instructors. So the fitness world, they especially are going virtually and teaching them how to have proper breath support and speaking, projecting properly when they're moving. I mean, it's no different than doing a dance number and then having to do lines or having to sing. I mean, you wonder why Broadway performers don't lose their voice after a big dance number doing eight shows a week. And the reason is because they have all this voice training. Right. I'm looking at your website Mm. and are you doing it online these days or, you know, with COVID and everything, or do do you still have students coming to you? Yeah. So I'm doing it all virtually. I'm doing zoom lessons or FaceTime, whatever is most convenient for the student. And you feel that that works for you? 
it is totally fine. Of course, I miss the energy of like being with my student in person, but they still get the same experience where I'm able to have that private like one-on-one experience with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that the exercises and the information I can still relay onto them just as easily as I can in person. Probably broadens your scope as well. I mean, rather than, you know, physically having someone have to be close to you to be to get to you. Yeah. Now you could kind of do it worldwide. Yeah. I'm working with a student from England right now. He, him and I have been doing voice lessons for the past few weeks and um, I'm starting to do a big like teacher vocal health masterclass with teachers in Sarasota. So, you know, obviously it's very convenient for me because I can work with all of these, (laughs) (laughs) these teachers down there and I don't got to go down there. So (laughs) you have an interesting tidbit on your resume. I do. I want to ask you about. Yeah. Okay. It says that, (laughs) and uh, I think we have some time. Yeah, we've got some time. Uh, We've got three seconds. Says that you can do your ABCs backwards in three seconds. Yeah. As a skill, <laughs> special skill. ABC. I've been asked to do that in auditions before. They gonna, love I, it. I'm going to ask you to do it right now. Can you? Okay. Do it? All right. Let me see. Oh, okay. Z Y X W D T S R Q P O N M L K J H E F U D C B A. I'm going to have to slow that down to make sure you got them all. But well, that's <laughs> do it one more time. I taught myself how to do that in second grade on the school bus. I was super bored. And then I just got faster over time. How long was your bus ride? It was long. (laughs) It was really long. They would take us in a detour. (laughs) Ask my brother. Ask my sister. We had a whole conversation about this. Oh, All right. Do it one more time. Okay. Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-H-E-F-E-D-C-B-A. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you get great reactions when you do that in an audition. Oh, a hundred percent. They love it. They yeah. love it. I, you know, I don't have much, I, I can't juggle or anything. So I'm kind of just like, that's what I got for you. <laughs> Everybody's got to have a certain skill. So right? there, there you go. That's your identifier. It's good. All right. So one more time, let's go circle back and uh, give us some, some good information for people who are going to go on a cruise ship. Like where, where is the best place on the ship to have your room? Yeah. So if you get seasick and emotion sickness, um, your best bet is to be in the center of the ship. Mm-hmm. So um, find a, find a, um, a room in the middle of the ship and um, higher up that when like if you talk to an officer or anything, when there's like a big storm, they'll always tell you to go to like the pool deck, go all the way up into the middle of the ship because the pool is always going to be in the center, in the middle of the ship, all the way on the top. Okay. So that is um, because I was in the middle of the ship and I never had a problem with motion sickness, which is great. I never, I never really felt that the ship mm-hmm. move and the quality of the ship, like the food, the cabins, the um i mean the common spaces they're all just so clean and mm. comfy yeah and like the crew the crew members are awesome i've been wanting to go on a cruise uh me and my wife have said we've got to do a cruise we've got to do a cruise i now i i don't get it anymore but i used to get really bad motion sickness when i was mm. a kid i couldn't sit in the still to this day i can't really sit in the back seat of a car mm. for some reason but yeah i'm looking forward to it now that i know some of the insight 
and behind the scenes stuff. I can look for a lot of that stuff. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I'll just throw this out because this kind of is similar. When I was working in my corporate life, we had mm. to do a, a logistics outing and I was responsible for planning that outing. And so we went to Disney World. There's a whole logistics side of Disney World. There's a whole underground. Disney is mm -hmm. on almost like the second floor. Yeah. It's raised up so that when the trucks come for delivery, you don't ever see a truck. Mm -hmm. they, they go down underground and they deliver it that way. Mm -hmm. The garbage cans that are around, you never see a guy coming and grabbing the garbage can with a twister and taking it out. And they empty the garbage from below the garbage can. So they open up something and they bring it down. And Wait, I didn't know that. Shove another one up there. It's all for the experience. Yeah. It's very similar to you guys with Cruise. Mm. That you guys, you know, once you did your show, get downstairs and be those um those bottom dwellers you know <laughs> guys would be. yeah but, but it's all for the experience yeah, yeah. it's all so, for creating the the world for them right so disney has sort of the same thing it's a whole other aspect of the experience that you see from the other side so good luck in your business as Thank a you. vocal coach and audition coach people if you want to or if you're interested or you know somebody who wants to learn more about singing, the muscles that work, all that mm -hmm. stuff, uh, getting confidence with an audition. Check or speaking in general, vocal health in general. That's a good point. Good mm -hmm. point. So check Lauren out. Here is, we'll put it up here. This is the website to go to. So you can check that out and get some good information from her and some good teaching as well. She is not only a Penn State grad with a musical a degree in musical theater, but you also, in your younger years, when you were, I don't know how old you were, but I, I think I remember that you had the opportunity to be in a Broadway show, but oh, chose yeah. not to do it. <laughs> yeah. What was the show? Was it Into the It was Woods? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, right. Yeah. And you were yeah. going to be one of the kids. Yeah, I was going to be Jane. Yeah. And um, do you ever regret that? Not no. saying, not doing? No, you don't. No, that wasn't my time to be on Broadway. Yeah, mm. I, I have more of an appreciation for the work that needs to be done before I'm on Broadway. And which I have faith will happen one day. Yeah. I needed to have a childhood. I, I didn't need to be going to New York City every night to do a Broadway show. As much as it would be fun, I needed to be in middle school and hang out with my friends and be a kid. Good for you. It's all good. For good. You. Yep. Yeah. You definitely got, <laughs> got your head on straight. That's awesome. All right. Well, Lauren, we want to thank you for spending time with us and sharing some of your experiences with cruise lines and performing and all that stuff. Stay safe and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Charlie. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Anyway, that will do it for this edition of the Just Saying Podcast. Make sure that you never miss an episode of the Just Saying Podcast with Charlie Carnaccio by subscribing. Or you could also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any podcast platform that you get your podcast from or on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Make sure to download or order my book, How I Met My Mother and the Four Brothers I Never Knew I Had. And you can get that through Barnes and Noble uh, or wherever you download your books. That will do it for this edition. Thanks for watching. Stay safe and be kind. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Sayin' Podcast. 